Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored that you trusted me with it. And I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. I've got a great episode for you guys today. It transforms me into the CEO of beverage giant Keurig Dr. Pemper, and I have $20 billion in cash to use for mergers and acquisitions activity, and that cash is burning a hole in my proverbial pocket. Before we get started, I would love if you took 45 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but also allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Keurig Dr. Pepper expects to have about $20 billion in mergers and acquisitions capacity over the next three years. So I'm going to put on my CEO hat and go shopping. Keurig Dr. Pepper or KDP, which I will refer to it as through the rest of this content, was formed when Keurig Green Mountain merged with Dr. Pepper Snapple Group in January of 2018. At the time of the deal, it was said to unlock the opportunity to combine hot and cold beverages and creative platform to increase exposure to high growth formats. Over the last several years, KDP has proved its merger thesis and is now prepping itself for the next phase by becoming a modern beverage company. The investment company that's responsible for putting these two companies together would be JAB Holding Company. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background from JAB Holding Company. This is a extremely kind of intriguing and a little bit of a secretive type of investment company, so I'm not going to be able to go into everything. But Hopefully, I'll give you a little bit more of a sense of like why maybe I'm picking some of the mergers and acquisitions kind of targets later in this video. But JB Holding Company is owned by Germany's Ryman family. They trace their wealth back to chemist Ludwig Ryman, who in 1828 joined with Johann Adam Benkieser to form the namesake Chemical and Industrial Manufacturing Company, where the JAB acronym comes from. Ryman married one of Ben Kieser's daughters and ended up owning the business. During the early part of the 20th century, Ben Kieser was a small to medium-sized supplier to the food industry. Its main products included processed cheese, salts for blood treatment, supplements for baby food, and chemicals to soften water. In the 1980s, the company expanded as it acquired European and North American household products and cosmetic companies. It spun off Coty Inc., one of the world's largest beauty companies and the largest fragrance company in 1996. Coty filed to go public in June 2012 after dropping a $10.7 billion takeover bid for the larger peer Avon products. JEB Holding Company still owns about 50% of Coty. In 1999, Ben Kieser merged with Reckitt and Coleman to form the consumer goods business Reckitt Ben Kieser. In 2012, JAB Holding Company was formed as a partner-led investment firm with the consolidation of all of its business assets. In the process, they initially formed two main investment platforms, coffee and beverages and fast casual restaurants. I want to focus on the coffee and beverages investment platform that took shape when they took Pete's Coffee Private and acquired DE Master Blenders 1753. The platform expanded in May 2014 
when they merged with the coffee division of conglomerate Mondelez International. This created JDE Peets that IPO'd in 2020. In March of 2016, they took Keurig Green Mountain Private for $13.9 billion. At the time of the merger, JAB Holding Company owned 73% of Keurig Dr. Pepper. Mondelez owned 14% because of the early coffee platform brand reshuffling. Those percentages have lowered over time as both JAB and Mondelez have sold equity to allocate capital to new investment opportunities. JAB Holding Company has a controlling or anchor shareholder interest in 10 major billion-dollar-plus corporations. And this doesn't include the longtime minority stake that they owned in the 50 or so billion-dollar market cap hygiene, health, and nutrition CPG company, Reichert Benkiser, that JAB eventually sold its final shares of in 2019. So now that you know about 1% of the JAB history, let's get back to the KDP Investor Day that was held on October 1st of 2021. During the presentation, leadership highlighted KDP expected organic growth in the mid-single digits over the next few years. They had industry-leading cash conversion, and are planning on a balanced dividend payout. And leadership expects that it would allow KDP to generate about $4 billion of discretionary cash flow over the next three years. KDP wants to use that for mergers and acquisitions first and foremost, but it also realizes that the opportunities might not be abundant or meet the investment criteria. So some portion of that will likely be put towards share buybacks and special dividends. Based on KDP's ability to lever up and maybe utilize some aspect of equity, that $4 billion turns into $20 billion in M&A capacity. KDP would be seeking sizable deals that are more complex, resulting in portfolio expansion, distribution scale, geographic expansion, and new capabilities. This is important because the expansion of emerging categories and new brand entrants provides one path for KDP to expand its footprint and accelerate growth. Since 2017, emerging categories have driven about half of the growth in beverages, and new brand creation has generated about $2.6 billion in retail growth in the same period. Now, before I get into some of the M&A predictions that I have, I think it's important for us to cover maybe what is actually in the portfolio of KDP. So I'll start with the packaged beverage side of the business. They're the number one growth leader in carbonated soft drinks or CSDs with namesake Dr. Pepper, but also Canada Dry, 7-Up, and my personal favorite, Squirt. They have the number two premium water portfolio with names like Buy and Core. They're the number two juice drink portfolio, also the number two premium tea portfolio. They have the number one mixer portfolio, and they have additional brands in energy and other categories. And then the other major portion of the portfolio for KDP is obviously coffee systems, where Keurig is the market leader in single-serve brewing systems and pods. Then in Canada, KDP is actually also the number four RTD alcohol portfolio. Distribution partnership is currently with Mark Anthony Brands, which is the creator of White Claw. KDP Canada alcoholic beverage offerings include Mott's, Kalamato, Ready to Drink Caesar, Snapple Spiked Tea, and Hires Root Beer and Vodka. 
Now, armed with all that kind of information, who would you purchase if you were the CEO of KDP? So I'm gonna hopefully try to answer that, at least if I was given the opportunity to be KDP's CEO for the day, or I guess over the next three years, since that's where the capacity for M&A is going to be created over time. But I'm gonna focus on five main categories, and I'm gonna throw in kind of one conviction target, and then maybe a few other names that would add some extra kind of intrigue and entertainment. So the first category that I want to cover is obviously coffee, because coffee is a major component of KDP. So it would be obvious that they're going to seek some type of mergers and acquisitions target in that category. And my conviction selection for this category would be La Colombe coffee roasters. And here's my logic for this selection. Firstly, I believe the majority ownership or at least a sizable piece of La Colombe coffee roasters is owned by the founder of Chobani. I believe over the last few years, he has kind of mentioned that he is interested in selling off that equity stake. They're also about five years into their packaged beverage sales, and the company has been picking up steam in that category. They have 30 cafe locations across New York City, Boston, DC, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Southern California. And while KDP wouldn't be all that interested in those locations, the operations could easily be folded into JB Holding Company that has massive experience in that space. Other names to consider would be Community Coffee, which is the largest family-owned coffee brand in the United States, and the brand has massive market leadership across the southern states. And then in terms of maybe moving the coffee system, some of the pods and things away from like more traditional coffees and maybe into specialty coffees, which was kind of mentioned in the presentation, and I know that for me, specialty coffees means something different than probably Keurig, but... I'm looking at it as maybe like value add functional, moving some of that in that direction and having a brand that they own to really kind of champion that. So the name that I would kind of add there would be a small mergers and acquisition target and the brand would be Four Sigmatic. And then lastly, I wouldn't put it past JB Holding Company to come back years later after being turned down by Italian coffee maker Lavazza. This would be the sizable, likely low double-digit billion-dollar deal that would make KDP a global force in the coffee market. The second category that I want to highlight in terms of a possible mergers and acquisitions target would be the non-alcoholic beer and kind of mixer category. And I intentionally added that information about KDP Canada having some alcoholic beverage exposure because there's actually another kind of bit of information in terms of a partnership that would be on the flip side of this that could add some interesting elements to a name that I'm going to be talking about next. KDP Canada has partnered with Labatt Breweries of Canada to distribute all of Labatt's non-alcoholic beverage portfolio in all Canadian provinces except for Quebec. This distribution agreement will apply to Budweiser Zero, Beck's, O'Doul's, and Labatt Blue. That means that KDP has a taste of the growing non-alcoholic beer category. They also have experience 
selling that category across a ton of different sales channels. So my conviction selection for this category would be athletic brewing. Now here's some of my logic here. The non-alcoholic segment has not had much innovation over the last probably quarter century, but has become the ground zero for the industry's fastest growing segment, which it's up around 430% year to date. Athletic Brewing has raised $50 million in June of 2021 for rapid expansion. Athletic Brewing, which just launched in 2018, already holds around 50% share of the non-alcoholic craft beer category. In 2020, the company grew about 500% year over year for the second year in a row. And then another name to consider would be British producer premium drink mixers, Fever Tree. The market valuation on the publicly traded company is a bit high at close to $4 billion, but it would provide KDP with a major global expansion of its mixer portfolio. Now, a beverage mergers and acquisitions video would not be complete if I did not include energy drinks. In terms of the energy drinks portfolio, KDP is far behind its kind of three-headed monster of competition with PepsiCo and Coca-Cola. And then they would also be obviously trailing market leader Red Bull and then Monster Beverage Corporation and even Bang Energy. But they also could be getting passed pretty quickly if we consider AB InBev owns a portion of Ghost Energy. They also own Highball Energy and then even Molson Coors, which owns a minority share in Zoa Energy that has been extremely successful since its launch earlier this year. And I know how interested KDP is in the energy category because I was working on the Big Red Zions project right before the acquisition from KDP. But I think they're going to need more firepower than they currently have. The most flashy maybe acquisition that could be out there for KDP in this category would be Celsius energy drinks. But I think at the current publicly traded market cap at around $7 billion. It's way too expensive for KDP, and I'd probably lay off for that reason. I also think the most logical pick would be to just acquire Adrenaline Shock. They already distribute the brand nationally and have deal-making history with Lance Collins that also founded Core. I just don't think Adrenaline Shock is splashy enough, though, so maybe KDP looks down I-35 in Austin and acquires Nutribolt. Despite overall revenue being higher than Celsius, I think Nutribolt would actually be cheaper to acquire. C4 Energy has a lot of momentum building. They also own the name Extend, which can move and add to kind of the premium hydration market for KDP. And then the powders business shouldn't be all that scary in 2021 as the market for them has moved to mainstream and lifestyle. And they're already dealing with a lot of the sales channels that KDP is strong in anyways. So I don't necessarily think that the predominant amount of business being from neutral being in powder should scare KDP away from a deal like this. Another name to consider in the category would be a little bit different than the earlier names thrown out there, but someone like Life Aid Beverage would be interesting because they have a ton of breadth to their product lineup. The fourth category that I would be looking at would be protein. And this is a category that KDP doesn't play with at all, at least from an ownership standpoint. They might have some minority ownership in a few kind of brands, but they don't have anything sizable or anything that would be material, especially when you're considering the market leaders like 
Premier Protein and Muscle Milk, which is owned by PepsiCo. And I think this would be a good category for KDP to jump into because the household penetration is still small relative to some other kind of convenient nutrition categories. So there's a lot of runway left here. It's also been a kind of long time, high growth, compounded annual growth rate type of category. But I think if KDP is gonna jump into the protein market, they need to kind of consider what's the time frame where they're comfortable with getting a return on their investment. Because I think there's a different ways to approach the category. There's three specific ones that would have maybe different timelines in terms of how quick you can get some material benefit from, also maybe different risk layers here. And those categories would be just like typical animal-based or like milk-based protein. You have plant-based protein and then the kind of alternative protein, like non-animal side of the business. Now the animal, like milk-based side would have the earliest impact in sales because that's where the majority of the category is at currently, but is also where the most competition is at. A name to look at would be Lean Body, which would be a brand that needs to be spun off from Labrada Nutrition because the product is great in my opinion. And I think the name could have a larger impact with the right beverage distribution ownership. Some other names to think about would be going to Glambia and picking off maybe some of the brands that are cannibalizing Optum Nutrition a little bit away. So that would be Isopure and maybe BSN. I think out of the two, Isopure would be more attractive to KDP. Now, Glambia is not known to sell their businesses or, or shutter their businesses or anything like that, at least at this point. So that would be unlikely maybe, but I would go to them first if there was an interest in animal-based protein beverages. Now, looking at plant-based proteins, you have to be a little bit patient for the impact of sales, but I think if you're looking at a runway and just the impact over the next decade, this would be a high growth area to look at. And some of the names that I would look at here would be Orgain, which I know the PE firm wants to exit that name and they have market leadership in the plant-based protein beverages market. OWN, which is an acronym for only what you need, is a well-liked product with traction in the market. And then a name like Ripple could also be interesting, but I think the brand has vast dairy alternative plans and has a lot of interest in extending into food categories, which might turn off KDP at this point. And then looking at like food tech, I think if we're looking at like impact now, there wouldn't be any. This would be really an investment loss area for them, at least for the next probably five to 10 years. But after that point, there's a high potential for making a huge impact. I think the science on this is just so early that there's just a ton of different names you could put out there. I think the one that maybe is the most attractive, at least through today's lens, would be Perfect Day that has gotten grass status on their non-animal whey production. But this is kind of like a way off idea here because if you did want to be a part of like the value-added whey, cheese, milk market at this point, the only way to do that is to kind of buy into the cows, buy into the co-ops or buy into large farming organizations. And that would not be the type of business I think KDP would want to be into. So the other way to get in that is through the food tech side of things. And there's a ton of different names to kind of look at. I would, regardless of an acquisition, I would be making investments in that space if they do believe they're going to having beverages in that area. And then the last beverage category that I want to highlight, a merges and acquisition target in, would just be the overall water category. Now, KDP does have a strong portfolio of the premium water, enhanced type waters, but I do think this is kind of a moving target. I think people are really focused on hydration now. They're really interested in hydration. That is changing in terms of what they're believing what hydration is. So 
I think you need to keep your foot on the gas. You need to kind of add assets to your portfolio. You don't want to kind of sit back and wait and see where the market goes. So the conviction selection for this category for me would be the Vitacoco company. Now, some of the logic here would be that they already distribute Vitacoco, so they're familiar with the brand. The Vitacoco company filed its S1 to go public at about a $2 billion valuation. So either they snag them before they actually go on the public markets, or they expect that the stock market is going to beat them up a little bit, and they wait for a pullback and then make their moves and pull them private within KDP's portfolio. Now, the great thing about the Vitacoco company is that you also get additional beverage brands like Runa, which KDP also already distributes and will help their overall energy drinks portfolio. They would also have the sustainable water brand ever and ever. And then the newly launched protein beverage Powerlift. Another kind of sets of names to kind of think about here and kind of a wild one to think about would be National Beverage. Now this has been founded and the CEO is aging at this point. They do have the sun that's in place, I think, from a succession plan standpoint, but you never know what happens when the founder and CEO that's had the major impact in the business since the beginning maybe gets out of the business for one reason or another. So that's a name to kind of think about and maybe a little bit wild to think about, but also consider names like Spindrift, Hint, and Waterloo, which last year was bought by a private equity firm, but maybe that private equity firm after a few years because I'm assuming I'm going to be the CEO for a couple of years and these acquisitions don't need to happen tomorrow. Maybe they want to spin that off their books, make a profit from it, and then I have a opportunity to buy Waterloo. But I just want to end on some final thoughts. As you can see, I had $20 billion in my pocket. It was definitely burning a hole in it. And I did my best to highlight some merchants and acquisitions target that fit into the mold that KDP had been talking about which were goals around portfolio expansion, distribution scale, geographic location, and new capabilities. I hope you enjoyed this content. Now that you've heard my mergers and acquisitions targets, what do you think? Who would be on your list in terms of maybe brands you would acquire or categories that you would be interested in if you were the CEO of Keurig Dr. Pepper? If you want to engage in some banner around this topic, don't hesitate to reach out to me on any of my social media accounts that are linked in the podcast episode notes.